Hello again, friends, and welcome to the Young Anglicans podcast. The Young Anglicans podcast is a place for conversation and discussion about ministry to teenagers through the lens of Anglicanism. It's hosted by me, Andrew Unger, and me, Eric Overholt. We're both real-life Anglican youth pastors who want to see young people find and follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. We're glad you're with us. And this episode is brought to you by the Youth Ministers Gathering, the Anglican Youth Ministers Gathering, which is happening October 2nd through 5th in uh, Wheaton, Illinois. So mark your calendars. Registration information is going out soon. Uh, but October 2nd through 5th is going to be our Youth Ministers Gathering. It's going to be a chance to gather, to learn about Anglican youth ministry, to talk about it, to brainstorm with some people, have some small groups, have some fellowship, connect with other Anglican youth pastors, um, have late-night conversations. What else are we doing at that, Eric? Does that sound right? Uh, worship. We're, we're, there's going to there's gonna be some worship. There's going to be—I'm sure we'll crack a Bible at some point. Sure. Um, you know, but but mostly it's going to be a chance for us to connect with other youth pastors across the ACNA, um, and it's always a really really good time. Um, we are doing it in conjunction with the Rooted um, Conference, which is happening in Chicago um, shortly after that. Uh, that's a really good conference. Um, a lot of really great speakers there as well. So it's kind of a twofer. You can come for Rooted. Don't register for Rooted separately. Usually we. Um, register as a group so anyway but it's going to be great really hope you'll be there join us we want to get to know you we want to hear from you what's God doing in your youth group and what's he doing in ACNA youth ministry and you don't have to go to Rooted either it's a sort of a if you want to just come to the Anglican part and miss out on the great stuff at Rooted that's fine it'll still be worth the the trip to Wheaton yeah it's going to be a great time please join us Well, Eric, who do we have with us today? Who is this other person? Today, we are joined by Adam Drake, who is a GFOP, a great friend of the pod. Who? (laughs) who, uh, I was so wondering where you were going. uh, And he is the director of youth outreach at, uh, what's the exact name of your church? St. Clement's in uh, El Paso. St. Clement's Anglican Church in El Paso, Texas. And uh, we've invited Adam on uh, because we wanted to have a chance to chat with him and see what's going on with him, yeah. his youth group, and uh, the kinds of things he's doing in, in his ministry. So, Adam, right. I'll start off with a question. Um, okay. why, why do you need to do outreach in your youth group? Why do we need to do outreach? Because it takes up a lot of time. Um, filler. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. definitely a bit of a filler. Uh, you know, you're planning stuff and you're like, wow, you know, we don't have anything to do this month. Hey, man, let's throw an outreach in here. Let's, let's, let's throw one of those in here. Also, because Jesus tells us to. That's another reason. Okay. You know, there's that whole verse of... Go out and make disciples. You know what? I'm realizing as you're as you're talking about as you're beginning to talk about this, we should uh-huh. let's define our terms a little bit. Let's make sure we're all talking about the same thing oh. when we right, say right. outreach. What do you mean? What does it mean in your mind and in the mind of your youth group and the mind mm-hmm. of your church 
when you are the director of outreach? What what does that mean? What are you doing? So outreach is that's an excellent question. Define and to me, it would be doing something outside of what you normally do. Okay. Right? And I do think there has to be some level of service involved, some level of work involved, um, an opportunity to practice what we've been talking about all in youth group. So, so for you, does the street preaching count as outreach? Street preaching. What do you mean by street oh, preaching? Oh, yeah. What do you mean by mean? <laughs> no. Um, what, it depends on what the meaning of is is. If yeah. you were to, um, if someone stands on a corner and is just right. preaching open air evangelism, does that it's count as outreach? Because you, you mentioned the work component. I'm uh, curious about that. Well, that's I, work. It is work, and I totally applaud the people who do that, and I think that they, you know, it's a bold move what they're doing. I personally don't like doing that. Sure. Um, Just like, you know, getting on your soapbox and and saying what needs to be said. Uh, I think it can happen. I think those are, that's a drastic measure that people, that people take. Um, it feels a little sh- like showy to me. Mm-hmm. And I, outreach, I'm not there to put on a show for outreach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so to me, it would be now street evangelism, like walking up to somebody, starting a conversation with just one on one. That counts. That's outreach. Okay. Is that a clear enough? distinction yeah. between those two yeah, things I, I was gonna add that my follow-up question to that is okay so give us some examples of the kinds of things you guys in your youth group have done as outreach what have you what have you done so one of the big things that we do every year is spring break outreach where uh for the whole week spring break we stay at the church which is kind of weird because they live in el paso but they stay at the church so it's like a camp but still in your city Okay. Interesting. But and they, a bunch of, they probably still love it. The kids probably still love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of people from out of town, out of state come as well. So, oh, okay. So we're the host. St. Clement is the host. And it's run by King's Kids El Paso, which is a youth with a mission. Okay. Okay. Thing. YWAM. Yep. Yeah. And so we do that. And that's just every day you're doing a different outreach in the city. Okay. So... One day you go to a homeless shelter and you talk to them, you, you know, whatever they need done at a homeless shelter. Uh, You can go to VBS is a classic one where Mm -hmm. we'd go to a a project housing area and do a VBS. Um, The one that the kids always love is working on a farm. We have a farm in New Mexico that grows just tons of vegetables that then comes back to our food distribution center, food bank. Your food bank? Cool. Yeah. And it's really cool for our kids with that one because the vegetables that is that are grown and harvested go to a food bank that is not run by our church, but like 
we provide the facility for it in our church. Housed within your church. Yeah. That's and cool. So, so it's very local and connected, and the neighborhood that our church is in is the neighborhood that is getting fed by those vegetables. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so the that one's real personal for us, whereas other teams from out of state, it's just like, ooh, a farm, cool, dirt. Hmm. But for us, it's like, no, we see the people that eat this food. Like, hmm. we see them walking around. Uh, that's a big one. We do... Um, we do do the street evangelism where we'll go downtown. We have a new downtown area. They like revamped it and everything. And so it's real pretty. And we'll just talk to people there. So that's like the steps that we take in outreach. And then kind of throughout the year, we kind of do those things just different month, different times of the year. Mm-hmm. So we'll just... Cool. And what what yeah. what's the frequency? What's the freak like? Are you trying to do this once a month? Are you trying we to do try this to quarterly? do an outreach? We try to do an outreach once a month. Ah, okay. Um. So sometimes that means going, and sometimes it, it doesn't happen, you know, just because mm-hmm. things. And sometimes our outreach of the month is actually more of a trip. Uh, We're like right. looking at our schedule and we realize that we actually do take a lot of trips. And so that's part of the outreach. Um, And then sometimes... Like, you mean you're going to conferences or you're going to... Yeah, we'll go to a conference. Okay. We'll go, and that's where we try to integrate, which is a point that I have in my notes, of making outreach an everyday thing with students, Mm -hmm. Uh which we can save for later or I can talk about right now if you want. Go, man. Do your thing. You go for it. So, uh, making outreach a part of everyday thing is mostly talking to people, right? Uh, or it could be like there are days where we'll where we'll pick up trash or something like that. Um, and so it's like you see a trash, you pick it up. That's outreach, you know, yeah, to your community, right. to the area you're in. Even if you have no idea who's there or what area this is, mm-hmm. just general outreach mentality. But so when we go on conferences, right, like we'll go to International House of Prayers prayer conference, their one thing conference is this huge in, conference in Kansas in, City. In Kansas City? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which they're not doing anymore, which is a bummer. But we've gone there for years and we say we're not just going to the conference, but anytime you think you have an opportunity to talk with someone or pray with someone, do it. Mm. Right. And so it's like. You find areas where it's actually real easy to do outreach, like in a restaurant, right? Yeah. The thing about a restaurant is that the waitress or waiter has to talk to you. (laughs) And you probably have to talk to them as well. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to say anything. You could point at what you wanted. You know, you just hold the menu up and point. But it makes the experience so much more fun when you can just talk with them. And then... Ask them, but how are you really? Mm. What, what, how are you doing really? And it's that separation of, I don't know, there's like talking anxiety that people have and they just want to like get their thing out and then get out of there. Um, and wait staff knows that. They just want to sit, th- they just want to do their job. But you can bridge this gap and it's real easy if you just ask. You know, how are how are you really doing? How how is your life going? 
And it's a simple question of, is there anything that we can pray for you about? We're going to pray for our meal. Is there anything that, that we can pray for you about? So you take this huge thing of outreach, which I think a lot of youth groups and church blows out of proportion, um, and make it this real simple thing that is, hey, bridging the gap of we're Christians and we want to, our God loves you and we want to love on you too. Ooh, sorry. Want to love you as well. Um, well, is love on you no longer an acceptable word? Is that not a... <laughs> like, we got in trouble. Christy and I got in trouble at our church for saying that. Oh. Really? Yeah. Well, Christy did. I didn't so much get in trouble. Um, you got in trouble by proxy. Yeah, yeah. The youth group got in trouble by proxy because uh, she was given announcements, you know, the most important moment of church, the announcements. Right. And she said, yeah, you know, just bring your kids. We really want to just be there with them. We want to love on them. And uh, someone came up later and was like, do you have to be on the children to love them? Wow. And, we were, and we were just like, huh. oh. I mean, it's totally one of those phrases that, yeah. that like, I hear in Christian circles and I realize outside of Christian circles probably sounds weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just, but we're all insiders here, man. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was, our... it was a, a, a reflex to assume you were offended by what I said. Well, that's safe. Uh, I'm, I'm offended by most of what you say. So it's good to, yeah. <laughs> right. it's good to assume that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that picture of thinking about outreach in terms of everyday actions. Um, yeah. Because cause largely, I I think um, that that Christianity, as we as we show it to students and as we sort of invite them into following Jesus, we often talk about following Jesus in these ways that don't make sense in their real life. And so it's like, mm-hmm. here is this way to follow Jesus, and not only are we expecting your life to be sort of different because of Jesus, but also. Like, none of the things that average human beings do apply anymore. You've now got to be, right. like, a, you thought yeah, you knew how to be human, yeah. and now there are other ways to be human. And in some sense, theologically, there are. Right. But, like, I have to go do outreach can feel like I have to go now set aside an hour of my time to go, like, right. now I'm, whoa, I just hit my microphone. Um, I have to go and be christian for an hour right you have to turn it on yeah and and the Uh, way you're describing it feels more integrated to your actual life that there is a sense where as you are walking around as you are going that's the um i feel like i've heard many people talk about the great commission that way right like yeah it's not just go and make disciples it's as you are going make disciples the right the greek jesus doesn't just love them when you're on the clock right yeah he loves them all the time. And so you should be ready all the time to say something. Yeah, and not in a pressured, like... And yeah. there's a way you can go too far on that where it's like, you're not you allowed to, like... better be ready, yeah. Yeah, you're not allowed to, like, enjoy your meal because you have to... Right. <laughs> you have to be interruptible all the time to, like, stop your caring for your family. better profess faith before yeah. the end of your meal <laughs> right. or you are a failure as you a Christian. You better have them crying. Yeah, yeah. okay, so... On the one hand, I agree with you guys, and I see the beauty of what you're talking about, and you're right. Cool. Thanks. Here comes here comes. On the, the other but. hand, I also agree with you, and you're right. Here comes, <laughs> here comes the but. Um, the but. <laughs> so, 
for for a lot of us, we mm-hmm. live in very suburban parts of town. Our churches are in very suburban parts of town. Sure. And we live in this kind of bubble of uh, privilege. Can I use that word? Bubble of privilege and uh, things like that. Is Do we need, so I'll, I'll frame it as a question. Do we need, therefore, to make sure and set aside time and actually like intentionally set aside time to to seek out those that are on the margins that don't enjoy those same privileges to be in relationship with them not that we're coming to them to save them or to fix them or whatever but that we're the same in the same way that that Jesus you know he he calls Matthew and then he goes to a big party of a bunch of people that he's not really supposed to be hanging out with which you can't see my air quotes that I'm I'm putting air quotes around if only um, we had a video podcast oh, yeah, <laughs> because this is radio and not video uh, so do you understand what I'm saying and so do how- we need so yeah I think I get it do we need to not only have it a part of lifestyle but have it be sectioned off time of yeah. outreach. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, we're done. Thanks, guys. See <laughs> Good you tomorrow. Talk. <laughs> okay, so, so, and if I could, part of the reason I'm asking that question, part of the reason I think that is because I, I do, my church is in a very, um, what's well, a personal you know, question? Oh. Middle class, middle class to affluent part of town. Yes. yes. Um, and, so I'm also thinking it from the standpoint of I have the, all these students that, for me, my ministry is to young people. And the right. thing that, that God has put on my heart and that like I want to is, – is to pour myself into them to, and to you know, lead them to Jesus and all those things that I'm yeah. doing. And so in that sense, all those students in, in my youth group that are – that God is going to gift or has gifted as a pastor – or, or, or something like that, they're going to see me as an example of that. And they're going to be yeah. emulating me in that, whether I like it or not. But some of the students in my youth group, the thing that's going to make their heart sing, the, the, the burden for, for the, the, the easy yoke that God is going to put on them is to love poor people or is to mm-hmm. serve, serve immigrants or you know, to work at a food bank or right. do something for the homeless. And so part of my obligation as their youth pastor in helping them, them discover yeah. that is I need to provide opportunities for them to, yes. to interact with these other communities and yes. help them to discover that. Totally. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, one of the most valuable assets we have um, is our time and how we choose to use our time really matters. And so... Um, I think on one hand, the sort of like as you go thing is important because it says you're able to give, to build this into your regular life. But I think your point, Eric, is is well heard, which is part of giving of your time means choosing to make part of your regular schedule time out to serve. Um, right. Part of Part of being faithful isn't just being willing to pray with your server at a restaurant, but it's also to say, I'm going to intentionally go to a party with people I'm heavy air quotes, not supposed to hang out with, with the intent of K 
caring for them in that moment and being open to have a conversation with them should it arise. Yeah. Um, I so, think I, I think that yeah. is. I, I think those are both potentially different manifestations of the same basic principle, which is I am willing to have have preaching the gospel being there for other people be a priority in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm making myself available to Jesus. Yeah. To yeah. be u- to be utilized by him in his mission in the world. Adam, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, I agree. Yes, there needs to be time specifically set aside for outreach. And the main thing that I think makes outreach so important is in youth group is that it's for the kids just as much as it's for whoever you're going to work with or reach out to. Right. So when I say, you know, to a group of kids, okay, we're going to go to a homeless shelter now mm-hmm. and we're going to work with them, talk with them, you know, just be with them for, you know, three or four hours, however long it is. Right. right. Maybe we're going to clean something in the building or something like that. Uh, that it's not as much as it's going to help that the shelter, it's going to impact my students, I think, way more. Because they, like the shelter, and I'm trying not to step on toes, to say that it's not like, they're not going to get something out of it. The shelter isn't going to get something out of it, but they don't really need my students to come and do that. Right. right? Like they, they don't super need someone to do that for them, but I provide the, like you said, provide the opportunity for my students to see something outside of normal youth group because they're coming to youth group every week, you know, eating the pizza, playing the dodgeball, doing the things that youth group does, you know? And then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, we have to do something that breaks the norm here so that you can see something different, right? And that it provides this, like, stew pot of pushing them forward. Because one of the greatest things about outreach is that it bonds the youth group together. Kids who go on a trip are going to remember that trip. They're going to remember the horrible 18-hour van ride to wherever, right? You shove them in a van sitting next to somebody that they weren't friends with before. Now those people are friends. Those kids, they're close, you know, because they had to endure this cross-country trek, right? And and they had to sit there and have to go to the room and hold it just like everyone else in the van, Mm -hmm. no? And then you finally get to the place and there's that release of, oh my gosh, we're here. Goodness gracious, that was that was a doozy, right? And then you sit through the same teachings. You have the same different things going on. So it's this incredible bonding stew pot that I can't create anywhere else. Community building. Yeah, it's community building. And so I'm going to plan outreach for to help the people. But I'm also maybe even more so thinking about how it's going to affect my youth group, Mm. how it's going to bond my youth group together and how they're going to grow from it and learn something from it. Because they could see something, you know, going to a homeless tent city, right, under the 
highways of Houston, you know, mm-hmm. where people just live down there and they live their life down there and we're going to go give them water and pray with them. And they see this kind of like, man, I didn't even know that like people are driving right over this community down here. You wouldn't know it if you didn't stop and look. And so now they've stopped and they've looked and now that puts burden of responsibility on them because you've seen it and you know that it's there and you can push it away if you want, but now you know about it and are you going to do something about it? Uh, and so there's then, a challenge. Then, there's a challenge in, yeah. it, in, in your yeah. mind as well. Interesting. It puts them in these uncomfortable situations where they have to do something. They have to either revert into themselves and just, and you see that in kids, you see kids who don't want to do anything and they just pout or silence, they lock up or whatever. Or you see people, you see kids break out of this shell and they just start doing stuff. There's this one girl in our youth group who is pretty outgoing at youth group. She's not super shy or anything. But uh, when we put her on, when we went to a outreach in Houston one time, she was talking to homeless people and she was nonstop talking to people. It was just the whole time she was going and going and having great conversations, talking with, you know, these people that she would never talk to in her high school, you know, or in youth group. And she absolutely loved it. Right. And it, it hurt her heart as well. She had some pretty intense conversations with people who have, you know, hurt in life and it hurt her. Yeah. And it was almost, <laughs> and this is where it sounds bad, but it, it almost made me feel good that she got hurt by this mm. because now she gets to do something about it. Yeah. She can no longer just sit and, you know, plan her college, right. Or, mm. or do these things. She now knows about at least a fraction of the hurt of the world mm. and she now has to act on it. Mm. And that's what outreach does for our students as well as help people. But that's the the difference between short-term youth group missions and long-term missions outreach where you're going to go to some place is I'm doing this just as much for my students as I am for the people that we're helping. So I'm not sure it it makes any difference in the planning or execution of it, but there's a part of me that really balks at saying this is for my students as much as it is for other people. I think the mission trip probably doesn't look any different if you if you say I'm doing this more for people than it is for other students. But I think there's something I've always felt this way. We do short term mission trips. We do week long mm-hmm. mission trips every single summer. Yeah. Um, and for me, there there is something to um, doing this to to actually serve other people. There, there is a way in which, mm-hmm. and I don't, the, everything you've described I think doesn't fall into this trap, but there's a trap you can fall into um, and we see it sort of in, we, we can probably name some other youth ministry, we've seen this happen, never our own, where, <laughs> where we basically, youth ministry. where we use poor people as uh, lesson illustrations. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, Expo- like exploitation of yeah, them. We're yeah, we're just yeah. coming here so that I can have some feel goods um, yeah, and so that sure. I can I can change, and I don't think that's what you're suggesting. Yeah. But I think 
I'm an ideas guy. And so ideologically, it's very important for me to feel like, okay, the, the work we're doing right. actually does something um, that actually is doing some good. And part of that is even for my students that they know we're going and we're actually making some sort of difference. Most yes. of, I've been really pleased, we've worked with an organization called Praying Pelican Missions. Um, and they, they run uh, mission trips. That's their sort of deal. Um, kind of like, is it CSM? Is there, are they the ones who do the provincial youth gathering mission trips that we've part Well, they're, they're the ones who did they the, did one, the in one in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, similar organization, right? Like they, they sort of make the connections and do stuff. Um, and even the ministries that we go to that like run without us, like they're going to, it's not like they wouldn't operate if we weren't there. I at right. least feel like the volunteers feel a sense of relief because they're like, oh, at least we have a couple extra hands this week and they'll run without us, but maybe they don't. There is one homeless shelter we go to. It's a men's shelter. Um, and we go there and the guy in his little speech beforehand um, tells us, I don't need you. I run without you. This is for you to have this experience. Um, and, and those <laughs> and nights you are, just clench your fist oh, every time. He's, <laughs> look, he is a, he's a piece of work. He has an, excellent ministry and he runs it really well and he runs youth groups through the ringer ahead of time yeah. um where he like insists that everybody asks questions and like will put your kids on the spot be like you need to have a question for me and they're like i don't have any questions he's like well think of one i'm coming back to you and you need to have two questions next he's a real <laughs> two questions he's he's got a bit of an attitude he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder um he always shares that he was in he was an extra in the dark night for some scene. Um, he always shares about in order to make you comfortable in the space. He says, look, I have this very expensive bicycle that I rode here and I trust these guys and I'm not going to have it stolen. But then he brags about like his expensive bicycles. Um, it's weird because it's the same spiel every year and he doesn't necessarily remember that we've been there before. So <laughs> like we prep for it and we're like, Hey, were you by chance an extra in a movie at some point? <laughs> like, Hey, how much is your bicycle? Um, we, this, this year we're especially, there's no way he listens to this podcast. We're going to troll him this year and we're going to have some stuff prepped and we're going to have, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if he listened to this give, podcast? Oh man, <laughs> man, if he's listening, he's going to, he's going to have some sort of counter strategy, but yeah. that night is often, saying. is often really beneficial because it is where they get into good conversations and it is where there are some educational components to it. Um, right. If I had a whole week that was just educational components, I wouldn't want to go on that mission trip. Right. But because I do think there's something valuable, even to sort of let your students see behind the veil of planning a little bit and say, look, we go on trips where at least we're going to be doing some good. This isn't, Yeah. you will grow in this experience. And if my students didn't grow at all in the experience, I also wouldn't plan that trip. Like I wouldn't right. plan a trip if they're just going to be tired and they come home and they're like, I'm an unchanged person. Um, right. <laughs> unchanged. <laughs> How was yeah. the mission trip? I was unchanged. I so was unchanged. There's that. Nothing yeah. So, so uh, I wanted to throw out a resource related to what we're talking about. And I don't know if you guys have read this book or know of this book, but it's a book called When Helping Hurts, How yeah. to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. <laughs> it's by Steve Corbett and Brian Fickert. <laughs> And it's it's all about how to be engaged in the kinds of outreach ministries we're talking about 
in in serving people who live in poverty, who live on the margins in some way, without hurting them or yourself, how to right. do it effectively in an effort to truly spread the gospel in in its in its in word and in spirit and in action. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend that book. But I have one last question. One last. Hopefully, we don't have a whole lot of time. But but uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about, and that is. Adam, talk to me about how you go about finding these sort of yeah. uh, either a short-term trip or these like day trips that you're taking, you know, these, these day-long out trips. How do you go about finding these activities to do for your students? So it uh, – we – we have the blessing of having like the spring break outreach – yeah. Once a year. And so we have contacts like that. Yeah. We're also real blessed that we have so many outreach things in our church. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of go like we have like the PYG coming up. And that's a, a, one of our we always take a summer trip somewhere. Right. Right. And that's coming up. Yep. And so that's like our big. Hopefully, one everybody's going to be there June seventeen to twenty second. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, in Dallas. Everyone, everyone should be at PYG because I'm going to be there. Yeah, and I think I'm pretty cool to be around. Absolutely. So we have these things, and then we just kind of branch off from there. You know, because it's like, like on spring break, we do these different things, and it's like, okay, we can have this contact and go back to them, and do that. Um, but for someone who's just like starting out cold Turkey, wanting to do outreach, like uh, me, yeah, yeah. What I would do, like a great one is to find a, a shelter, a homeless shelter that you are close, relatively close to, uh, or in your city somewhere and keep going there. Yeah. Right. Keep going there so that even your kids, like people come and go from shelters all the time, right? But like if your kid recognizes somebody, they can build a relationship. You can build a relationship with the shelter so they know you. Um, A big thing is just going out into your city, wherever it is. Like our church is real close to downtown, so we can just go downtown and do something. And there's always people there who are there to talk there too. Now it's hard to like find a farm that you can work at, you know, cause that's just not like a huge thing or like person. Those are really more summer trips that I think mission organizations plan. Um, and I just kind of show up at them. I bring my kids to them like PYG, or Youth with a Mission has a great one that's SST, Summer of Service and Training. And so they planned the thing and we attend it and we yeah. go with them. Uh, but the shelter is the big one and then just going out into your city and doing it is what I, is what I would suggest. I once heard um, someone give the advice of... Um visiting your local chamber of commerce 
and just asking like a way to connect with your actual city's needs is to connect with the like community organizations that exist and the chamber of commerce is admittedly one place where um people have they, they would know stuff about your about your community um right another thing that um I went through a curriculum, a six-week curriculum a few years ago with my students called um, Good News in the Neighborhood. It's put out by um, the authors are Adam McLean and John Huckins. It's put out by Youth Cartel. I'll put a link in the show notes. I realize we can use show notes, so I'm going to start to... We're going to start to put stuff in those. Um, But it's a way of basically running your kids through a thought experiment of like what, who's already doing stuff in your neighborhood and how can you Mm -hmm. jump in? Um, and I think that's a really valuable thing as well is not to try and say, what are the hurts and how can we as the church come in and fix them all? But to say, look, God is already at work ahead of time. Um, a number of years ago, I was in a little cohort thing with, uh, a guy who is the president of, um, Christian surfers, uh, an organization that's ministry out to to surfers. He's a guy from West Virginia who God just called the minister to surfers and he moved to Florida. Um, and they used to have their own surf competitions. And he said at one point he realized we don't need to run our own surf competitions. There are already surf competitions that we can go to and we can volunteer at them and serve at them and be part of that organization. Um, and that really stuck with me just as a, as a sort of philosophy for ministry, rather than trying to create a Christian branded version of, of whatever else already exists, look and see where God is already at work serving people and then just jump on board and say, yeah, yeah, we, we do this too. Cool. All right. Well, I think, I think that's going to have to do it for this episode of the young Anglicans podcast. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank Uh, you guys. Thank you for all, thank you for all your feedback on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, It was great having you. Number um, one commenter on want, Facebook. Do you want more or less? Because Always I could, more. I could bump more. it to two, three comments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, always more and, and share with all your friends so that they can start commenting too. We, uh, what, we, we want to create controversy, as much controversy as we can create. And as get, many you know, flame wars as we can put together. Yeah, great. absolutely. And you guys need to start talking about more controversial things. You know? oh, we'll work on that. Okay. Great. All right. Okay. Well, we're, we've already talked today about loving on people. That's so right. we're getting we're like getting deep Tell into the, the controversies now. Do you have to be on your kids to love them? You know? <laughs> That's the real question. All right, Eric, do you got a collect for us, or, or am I? I do. Or? I do have a collect for the poor and the neglected oh, again from 1979 BCP. Almighty and most merciful God, we remember before you all poor and neglected persons whom it would be easy for us to forget, the homeless and the destitute the old and the sick, and all who have none to care for them. Help us to heal those who are broken in body or spirit and to turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Grace Grace and peace, friends.